Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <sighs> I'm good enough. My art is of the highest quality. I'm doing very well. Nothing can stop me now. I'm smart enough. I'm exactly where I need to be. You suck. Your art's horrible. You'll never sell anything ever again. You better just stop. Just give up. You stink. Ha <laughs> ha! Sound familiar, anybody? The inner critic? Have you ever gone on this roller coaster where you're super up one moment and you're down the next? based on things that are happening to you in your art career. Well, you're not alone. It's happened to me, and it happened to me today. Because this morning I got a message saying that a collector who recently purchased one of my pieces, although they liked the piece a lot, the color wasn't bright enough for their living room, and they're returning the artwork. Oh boy. Well, I've shipped and sold over 450 paintings, and... I've never had anybody actually unpack my work and look at it and say, nope, doesn't work for me, sending it back. Now, I won't name any names or any marketplaces. Um, I've had a very good track record on this, but it doesn't matter how many paintings you've sold or how many successful shipments and transactions you've had, how good your customer service is, how many great reviews you've had, how many people bought your work, how many people like your work. These things hurt. You always remember the bad ones. And that's what I was going through today. So I thought I'd be honest and just share this with everybody because we all go through it. And yeah, it it was a bad way to start off the day for me. And I don't normally record on Mondays, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to just harness this a little bit and put it into the podcast. Because, you know, even though this doesn't happen, like I said, often at all, it is something that we need to be ready for. Because here's the thing, you can't please everybody. You know that in every world. I kind of liken it to like a really good restaurant. Most of the people go and they love the work or love the uh, food and the ambiance and their servers and 
whatever. They just have a great time and they leave happy and they just come back. But then you get that very vocal person who gets on Yelp and starts typing away and just goes at it, goes at the service, goes at the the food, the kitchen, the noise, the smell. And that's the thing that sticks in everybody's mind when they read the reviews. It doesn't matter that they have four and a half stars out of five or whatever. That's the one that people like to attach to. I'm not saying that the collector in this case left a crazy Yelp review. As a matter of fact, they were pretty nice about it. It's just from an artist's mindset perspective, we could have a track record that's golden, you know, that's 4.95 out of five stars, happy collectors across the board. And then it's that one return that sticks in our brain like that pesky Yelp review. That's what I'm saying. We're going to talk about this a little bit today and just how you can kind of brush it off and keep moving because it's not the end of the world, right? Especially if you have a good track record, you've been doing this. If this is your first, like if you've done two shipments and both of them have been returned, then maybe something's going wrong and you need to address that. But I've had very positive reviews over hundreds and hundreds of shipments and people very happy with my work. And this was kind of an anomaly for me, but man, it just really gets under your skin. It makes you feel like, wow, I'm never going to sell another painting again. Now, I know that's not true, but it's something that is worth at least examining. So let's break this down a little bit and figure out how we go forward after getting something like this. For me, the last time that something like this happened was because I used a medium I wasn't used to using. I used automotive paint on a, on a painting, on a triptych, and I thought it was dry. I dried it for a long time. I was very careful packaging it, and I don't know if the temperature changed or whatever happened, but it actually ended up sticking and ruining the painting. So this was not a, ma- a matter of somebody not liking the work, but just the work got damaged and got returned. But I haven't had a return since that point. So this one kind of hurt. Now, look, the first thing that was said was this collector liked the painting. They were happy with it. The colors weren't bright enough, and therefore it didn't fit in their living room aesthetic. So I've never been accused of having my work be not bright enough. That's what we're going to get into first. You never can tell what's really going on, right? Maybe somebody has a little buyer's remorse. Maybe they bought something. And then they got it home and they realized, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have spent that money. And it's just as simple as that. Now, maybe this person's absolutely right. And it wasn't bright enough. Uh, They said it didn't, it didn't match the pictures. So for me, here's a chance to use this as a learning experience. I really pride myself on matching my work to a T basically what my, what I'm showing online is how my work looks like when it arrives on your door, it's going to look exactly like the picture. I've really prided myself on doing a good job with that. And up until this point, I haven't had any problems. Now this could be a case of me just getting a little laxed and this one slid by and maybe I let something go. So when I get this piece back, I'm going to match these up with my pictures online, looking at it, looking at the pieces together hanging it on my wall, looking how it looks based on the in-context pictures I put in. And if I agree with this collector or this person, then that's something that I need to learn from. And I need to just make sure that I'm still on top of my game when it comes to that. Because let's face it, that is very important. You want to have your pieces be accurate. I've gotten down on people before for making their pieces look way too large online. And then people, when they get them, it's like, oh, it's like half this size. 
uh, or the colors are completely different or they've manipulated in Photoshop. Now, I don't do any of that. I match it up, but there still is a chance that the lighting that I took the picture in at the beginning is a little bit different than the lighting that they have in their home. And for whatever reason, it just didn't match up. So maybe that's something that I can take and use it as a teachable moment. And I can just go forward and just shake it off and just do better next time. Now, if I see the opposite and I get it here and I look at it, I'm like, well, this is not (laughs) any different from what I put online. It looks exactly the same. Then there was obviously some other stuff going on. And this person either had buyer's remorse or they just decided, you know, maybe they had a different vision of their whole color scheme in person. Then when they got the piece in their living room, it changed uh, everything for them and they decided against it. And that's something I have no control over. So that's not something that I can beat myself up about. You just got to let that go and move forward. And hopefully the people you're working with are marketplace or whether it's yourself or a gallery, hopefully they understand that as well and can just move forward in good faith and with good intentions and just keep, keep on trucking away. Uh, the other thing about this piece is this set of circumstances was that it was kind of sold on a third party site, uh, one that I haven't ever sold on before. So, you know, it could be as simple as maybe this is not the right platform for this to be selling on. Maybe there's a lot of returns on this platform. I know this can sound like a rationalization, but just really breaking it down to see like what could have happened here. The thing is, is it's very easy to react in the moment like, oh my God, what are you talking about? This person's crazy. But I always find it's best to step back and be objective and go, okay, what's going on here? And that allows you to kind of step back from yourself and see things not from a place of just hurt and pain, but like, oh, okay, this is just a simple situation of this happening. Didn't match the couch or, you know what I mean? Uh, you name it. You name any number of scenarios because it's so easy for us to get upset. And then then you internalize that and then you kind of lose some confidence and then you're worried about it happening again. Now, for me, I pride myself on my customer service. I pride myself on my packaging. Like I know I did everything. I was so, as a matter of fact, when I was packaging this piece up, I was like, oh man, I had this thought, oh man, this collector is going to love this. And I was like, there's no way they're going to have any problems with this piece, (laughs) you know, because there's always the thing in the back of your mind of what if they don't like it? But I remember having that thought, there's no way this person's not going to like this piece. You know, I wrote a personalized note. I packaged it really well. It was well-protected. Uh, I, I personally love the piece um, and in the frame, it looks really sharp. So basically if you've ticked all those boxes and then the collector doesn't like it for whatever reason, or it didn't fit, like they said, they liked the painting, but it didn't fit in their room. Well, then that's just what it is. Now, if you cut some corners or you don't have a track record of giving good customer service and you didn't maybe write a note or maybe your packaging was a little bit hasty then it's possible that some other factors were at play. But I feel pretty confident on my end that I did everything to my ability to make this work. So since I know that, you just got to let it go. Okay, unfortunately, it's one person, no big deal. Move on, dust yourself off, pick yourself up, plug your nose with, with some toilet paper, stop the blood, stop the bleeding, put on the tourniquet. All right, we're getting crazy here, but uh, just move forward. It's not a big deal. It happens. And, you know, if you break it down on a percentage basis, the return ratio is minuscule. And as long as it doesn't keep happening, I'm happy. But if you haven't ticked all those boxes or you've left a couple of them blank, then it can be a teachable moment and you can just, okay, chalk it up to a learning experience. You can do better next time. 
But I always go into everything, giving everything my best, whether it's a micro painting or a large painting on canvas that's thousands of dollars as opposed to $40. I treat them exactly the same. I handle them with the same amount of care. I write notes, personalized notes to each one. I package them. I, I spend the same amount of time that I can on them. And yeah, I put the same amount of energy into each piece. So as long as you've done that, you really can leave happy. Even if this happens, even if something like this happens and it gets returned, well, you can sleep better at night knowing you did everything you could. Maybe it's also an opportunity. Maybe it's an opportunity to tighten the screws uh, in your studio with what you're doing. Or maybe it's an opportunity to reach out to this collector if you can. On some marketplaces, you have an open dialogue with some of the collectors and maybe you could reach out and fix the problem. Maybe say, hey, look, I'll paint you another painting or I'll replace it with another painting of an equal price point. And as soon as I get the other piece returned to me, I'll turn around and ship this one out to you free of charge. And there you go. So maybe you turn it into an opportunity to solve a problem and make the collector happy. But when all is said and done, if you can't fix the problem, uh, you can at least fix your perspective on it. And that is to learn how to surrender a little bit. You're never going to make every single person happy in your personal life, in your artistic life, in your business life. You're just not, it's not going to happen. It just, uh, people are too different. There's just too many variables going on. So you do the best you can. I know I was raised kind of as a people pleaser. And when people don't like me or people don't like something that I've done, it can affect me and I can kind of obsess about it. Uh, now I've gotten a lot better through my acting and painting careers by <laughs> developing a little bit of a thick skin. So I've gotten better at that. But, you know, when things like this happen, it kind of rears its ugly head. So it's just a reminder that you can't make everybody happy and that's okay. And just adopt a bit of a Buddhist philosophy and just let it go, surrender to it. And remember, you are no one. There is no one here to hurt. You are egoless. You don't identify with this. Now, you're probably not going to be able to react like a monk in this situation, but at least you can learn how to kind of surrender and breathe through it, move forward in a peaceful way. So that's what I'm doing. And I thought I would just share this with everybody because I know I'm not the only one who deals with this. I know all of us artists deal with this and we can be very fragile. Our confidence can be very fragile in our work. Even if we believe we've got the best shit out there, it just takes one person to kind of pull out the little Jenga piece and it all comes crashing down. <laughs> so just remember, oh, I just did a little whistle, a little prospect whistle. Eh, there's gold in them hills. Just remember, sorry about that. Just remember that this happens to everybody. So just take comfort in that and do what you can on your end to make it better for next time and make your peace with the inner critic. I guess you're not that bad. Uh, I love you. Let's just forget about it and go get some tacos. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at 
www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.